Hey, I'm Aika Spencer, and I love fandom. I love the writing, some of which I create, the art, none of which I create, and the many aspects that make it up. With the pandemic in full swing, I decided the best way not to go crazy was to start a podcast around it. This one, Down the Fandom Hole, Conversations With. So putting on my big girl bra, I took a chance and reached out to other fandom creators, asking if they would like to share their voice and experiences around it. Amazingly, most of them have said yes. So taking a moment, we sit down and chat about topics like creativity, taking risks, self-care, and many more. I am humbled that I got to chat with all of these brilliant and interesting creators from around the world, and it has only cemented my belief that fandom can also be a bridge and common ground to inclusivity. We are all valid, and fandom helps us envision worlds in which we are. God, isn't fandom fucking amazing? Anyway, to keep me from rambling on, let's get this show started. On today's episode, Christy Key and I talk about collaboration with other fandom creators for the Supercourt Big Bang, why she prefers drawing by hand to digital art, and what got her started in fandom. Also, while listening to today's guest, check out the free companion post on patreon.com slash down the fandom hole. There you'll find some art, if the guest is an artist, and some other fun tittles of information. It was a lot of fun getting to talk to her, and I think you'll enjoy it too. Thank you for coming on and being a guest today. Thank you for having me. Before we get started, what are your pronouns? Um, my pronouns are she, her. Okay, she, her. Excellent. Let's get this kind of started with something simple. Were you an mm-hmm. artist first or a writer first? Uh, I was an artist. I I think I started very young uh, to to draw and specifically fan art, mm-hmm. I um, <clears throat> I found uh, not that long ago uh, old drawings of mine, and I think uh, my first fan art I was six or seven. Oh wow! So it, it goes way back. <laughs> <laughs> and um, writing it came well later. I mean, I, I wrote all my life, but it, it were um, it was a more um, <clears throat> small stories, I think. Maybe, so like one shots. Yeah, in terms of of words and length. Um, and then I started fanfic when I was fifteen or or sixteen, and never really stopped since. So. Wow, it's been a while then. Yeah, I kind of found fandom later. I've been. A- basically just doing super corp fandoms but i have been learning about other fandoms through like because of this podcast and just mm-hmm. tumblr in general people have multiple fam fandoms that they enjoy so like i've kind of started to read about swan queen and Plexa and all those other fandoms um or female sapphic fandoms and but I, I'm trying to also branch out into more of the heterosexual fandoms, like the Hermione's and the Rons and the Ginny uh, and the Harry's. But every so often you have like mm-hmm. these other fandoms, like I found R- Harry and Draco Malfoy. And I'm like, oh, that's a pairing I never would have considered. But, <laughs> you know, 
enemies to lovers. It's, it happened. So why couldn't it happen with Draco Malfoy and <laughs> Harry Potter? <laughs> That's not one of my ships, but uh, yeah, I, I understand the appeal. I mean, Harry Potter, I, I grew up with it. So I was in the middle of all the shipping wars while they were happening. Really? While the story was being told, yes. Well, so I was... never, I was never uh, into the drama, but it, it was weird seeing mm-hmm. it happen. I think, yeah, the first one was Ron and Hermione. Everyone said it, it, it was going to happen, and it did. Mm-hmm. Um, then they were, uh, there were people who said Harry and Ginny, obviously. So that happened too. And then there were, um, what then we called track ships. Uh, so Harry and Draco and, uh, and Draco and Hermione too. So it, it's still very popular, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, not my thing, but okay. But, um, it, it was fun to see people discuss about that and well the the beginning of the shipping wars so what was your very first fandom you fell in love with and decided to create some sort of creative art for or creative work for well if if we go back to the very beginning i think it was uh ninja turtles oh um teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah really (laughs) who was your favorite I can't remember, but I, I know, well, the, the first fan arts I found, uh, w- was them, really? all of them. So, uh, so at the same time, Disney, maybe, uh, The Little Mermaid mm. or, um, or Aladdin. I, I know which one I saw first. I don't know which one I drew first, but, um, <laughs> So how do you feel about but the yeah. fact they've been making live action versions of all their store of all their movies? Um I don't really like them. Mm-hmm. I mean uh, what the first one was Maleficent, right? I believe so. Uh, so this one was interesting but the the actress who plays Aurora is well not that interesting. I mean the, she's not the focus of the story. Mm-hmm. And I like that they try to explain why the witch became what she became. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, th- th- this one, I like the idea, but the movie didn't really end up being what I expected. Mm-hmm. And the others, I, mm, I mean, I-, I don't see the point, uh, for them to recreate what they have already uh, mm-hmm. with actors the mm-hmm. um the musical uh aspect of the disney, of disney movies is something that translates translates hardly in into uh live action mm-hmm. and uh yeah i i'm not really a fan of what they're doing with the live action yeah the live actions just kind of i'm like okay i guess this is for the new um generation because, you know, suddenly they can do a bunch of things with CGI and they can mix CGI and live action so that it seems a little bit more seamless where it looks more real as opposed to special effect, which, you know, have come a long way from the mm-hmm. ones that they used to have. Well, the, the Beauty and the Beast is um, the, the cartoon back then was one of the first ones 
when they where they added CGI. Mm-hmm. The ballroom is CGI. So when you think about that, when you look at it now, you don't see it as something. I mean, I don't see it as something very old. But the movie, in comparison, well, is is not as beautiful to watch as the the cartoon was mm-hmm. back then. Um, because the CGI in the Beauty and the Beast is not the best that they could have done. I mean, I don't, I didn't really like it. So um, I think maybe I'm nostalgic of the old ones, but still, the new ones are not are not that good compared to what they used to do. Yeah, when I'm like, I like Will Smith, but Robin Williams is always going to be genie. It's kind of hard to. Yeah. I can't like. Mm. Sorry, dude. Nope. I like Robin Williams, not Will Smith. But I like Will Smith as an actor. I, I mean, yeah. And we we have that those memories of specific actors singing or just voicing the mm-hmm. characters. And now with new versions, you have you have to get used to it. If mm-hmm. you're new, if you're one of the youngest and you haven't seen the original mm-hmm. it's okay mm-hmm. but for us i mm-hmm. think it's really hard and i mean no offense to will will smith i love him but robin williams was something else yes oh, he was so funny and also i mean uh when i first saw that i didn't i didn't watch it in english obviously so even the actor who, who voiced Ginny in french was mm-hmm. so good and and there's no way you can act after him mm-hmm. there's no way you well there is i mean you can they always find other yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh i i didn't watch aladdin i i really didn't want to go there yeah i i think i i i love the original too much mm-hmm. to watch uh the live action yeah i know what you mean I'm sure the generation that looks at it now will have nostalgia when it ever comes time for them because it wasn't that long ago, only about 20 years, right? When the first Beauty and the Beast came out. I don't know exactly what year, but no, it wasn't that long ago. Hang on, let me double check. When did, when did the Beauty and it, the Beast come it, out? It was, it was in the maybe mid 90s, I think. 91. Well, uh, 91 would be uh, 20, no, 30 years from now. Really? Holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, hang on. Let me do the math. 21 minus 1991. 30 years ago. Okay, then. Let's see if it works. (laughs) (laughs) 30 years ago, Beast came out. Wow. Time so I, I stand, I stand by that. It was not that long ago. <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> but still. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, <laughs> Robin Williams and thirty years ago, Beauty and the Beast came out, and it was awesome. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> but okay, so. <laughs> Where, would it, where were we going with this? I'm lost. Oh, that's so funny. Um, I, I think 
uh, you asked me <laughs> what uh, what was were my first uh, fandoms. There we go, and then we went on, and, and I said you know, Disney. So. Disney, okay. <laughs> so when did you figure out about ships? Like you know, started to like who you liked, uh, and you know, started to have ships. Like when did that kind of start happening for your fandom experience? I, I think uh, I was around. 15, 14, um, when I started writing fan fiction, mm-hmm. actually. And the first one was Ron and Hermione. That's the oldest I can remember. Maybe there were before, but I don't remember that. So, yeah, the, the first one must have been Ron and Hermione. Uh, when I realized that there, there was a chance that maybe they would be together, mm-hmm. it was during The Goblet of Fire, the fourth one. It's funny when you think about that, reading the book and being the same age as the, the heroes, it makes you see things differently. Well, you you have another perspective. But it also kind of connects you to them, right? That you're like, oh, these these um, characters are my age and these are the things they're going through. And, you know, granted, you, you don't have to do anything that's life or death like the Goblet of Fire, but the interactions and figuring yourself out and like pursuing a relationship. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. There's always a nice feeling when you can see yourself either on the page or on the big screen or even the small screen. Yeah. But I think I, I didn't really um, see myself in Harry. Mm -hmm. uh, Not in the fifth one. He's very angry and Mm -hmm. rightly so, but I, I was not, um, a broody teenager. Mm-hmm. So uh, I knew why he was angry, but I, I didn't understand why he would react like that. So I, I think maybe I, I saw myself more into Hermione, uh, mm-hmm. into her love of books and knowledge. I was more uh, of a of a nerd growing up. I, I mean, I still am. It's differently, but I still am. I think... It was interesting because I could see Harry with a teenager's eyes mm-hmm. and not really understand him, but see Hermione and, and yeah, understand her um, a lot more, I think. That's good. It's good that you were able to see yourself in some character and then translate mm-hmm. that into something that you could make sense out of. Mm-hmm. Are you classically trained as an artist or is it something that you kind of learned as you just kept? practicing and getting better practicing and learning and trial and error i'm not trained i learned by myself and yeah as the years went by i i discovered new things i'd like to try Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah that's that's how i learned so uh now i i have i have to go back to basics like well now for a while but like anatomy like uh color theory so how have you noticed your art evolved as you've grown as an artist and as a creative? What do you mean in terms of skills? Yeah, like like even just within the span of the year that I've been starting to write on AO3, my writing has changed drastically. You know, I've worked with people, I've talked to people, and each new person I talk to has influenced my writing in some way. And, you know, of course, the fan fiction you read and things that you're into and you, maybe you'll try something that you've seen. 
that kind of thing. So how have you taken what you see in other arts, either fan of fan arts or just art in general, and been able to translate that into your art with your own voice, in quotation marks, as it is? Growing up, I was heavily influenced by manga because I would, mm-hmm. well, watch and read a lot of these. So um, observing how uh, how the characters were drawn uh, in terms of anatomy or even the, their positions in in the panels or um, on frame was uh, was very interesting to mm-hmm. to analyze and then translate on in my style. Well, I, I never I never really tried to go realistic. I mm-hmm. can do it, but it's not what I really like to do. So, yeah, I had that influence, and I was reading a lot of comic books, not superhero uh, comic books. Like, I, I never read uh, Superman or Batman, uh, mm-hmm. but other comic books. And I think that cartoony style also translated into my style. So um, I, I'm more cartoony now than manga. But manga did help a lot with facial expression. Yeah, they're very um, good at it. Very good. And um, it's a good way to learn how a character would react. Also, with how they would react physically. In mangas, they have very extreme reactions to... <laughs> if there's a big surprise, you would see them fall over and <laughs> get back up very quickly. Yes, it's very exaggerated. In a funny way. Yeah. But it's also, I, I cannot say realistic, but somehow it, it does translate a feeling really well. I mean, the, the surprise and the falling over, I know I feel that sometimes. I feel like a, gr- a big surprise could make me fall over. Or, <laughs> you know, if you're trying to sit, well, you don't sit on the chair, you end up on the floor. So, Yes. Um, but in, yeah, in terms of art, I, I learned a lot because of that. And then uh, when I moved to uh, more realistic mangas, well, just think about texture because, I mean, they didn't draw them by hand, but still they were on the pages. So, uh, yeah, you, you learn a lot about textures, about still expressions, but drawn differently. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, some people don't like manga for mm-hmm. many reasons, but I cannot find something bad in mangas. I mean, it, it helped me a lot, so maybe that's why, but yeah, basically the, how I began then, well, I, I think when I started watching art videos on YouTube, that's when something happened in my style mm-hmm. i learned new things about colors about drawing characters or um even backgrounds somehow i'm still learning that but i, I think yeah there were uh, a lot of inspirations that make my style what my style is now so what um manga did you draw from most and animes that you feel were more uh, influential on your style? Or was it all of them in general? 
well, at the beginning, I <clears throat> I was watching a lot of Dragon Ball Z. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. So it did translate into my style then. Um, then I read a lot of, well, I read all of City Hunter. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of that one. No. This one is more realistic in in every way. Mm-hmm. Although you have you have typical manga tropes, the style is more realistic. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, I learned from that. Uh, I think at some point there was um, Black Cat, so it's completely different from. The, I think it's Marvel Black Cat. Really? Uh, which is a woman? Okay. Yeah. I like Catwoman? No, um, I don't really know what her uh, powers or what what her powers are or what she does. Uh-huh. I know she is a villain in the Spider-Man uh, universe, but she is dressed in well black leather, uh-huh. and uh, I think she has fur, white fur around her neck. Okay, I think I remember this cat. I feel like I've seen something like it. That's why. Unless I'm thinking of Pepe Le Pew. I don't know. But a lot of characters do look alike. So maybe you've seen her or maybe you've seen one that looks like her. And That's it's true. easy to get confused with all those character designs. Yes. Sometimes they look very too much alike. And you're like, oh, you should have gone with something else. <laughs> mm-hmm. There was a video uh, a while back. Uh, I, I saw that on Tumblr about Stan Lee mm-hmm. um, to to Marvel artists, and they would show him their designs for new characters. And I remember him saying, "Okay, but everything you're adding is useless. The character should be able to move around, but with this armor or whatever piece of equipment <laughs> they added, it would make them impossible to move." Oh. So it, it was, it, it, the characters had a confusing silhouette. That's what he was telling them. And I mean, if, if Stan Lee said something like that, maybe that was true. So I think they should have listened. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, he knew, he knows his game and he's been at it for a while. Or he was at mm-hmm. it for a while, right? Yeah. So. Where do you draw the majority of your inspiration from when you do start to create a drawing? Is it mainly from fan fiction or is it maybe songs? I mean, you, you're you into fandom, so obviously that's kind of where uh-huh. a good amount of it might come from. But is there anything like in nature you like to draw from? Or I think the main inspiration is fandom, specifically TV shows or uh, or comic books. Even Disney or Pixar. Mm-hmm. When I read uh, more novels, uh, obviously I would be inspired by novels, but um, not not from nature. I mean, I'm trying to use nature in my backgrounds now <clears throat> because I, I had a phase where I realized backgrounds was not my strong suit. So I decided to not draw them at all and now I'm well I'm trying to come back to that because it a drawing with a background feels more like an illustration 
mm-hmm. more finished and polished than just a character floating on a white background. No, that's true. So, it yeah, looks more in, in, in interactive when you see them as mm-hmm. part of oh, another thing. Yeah, true. When I, I look at your art, there's a sort of textured whimsy to it. Like it looks like you worked with crayons or pastels. There's there's texture to the colorings and things like that. Is that is that something that you enjoy seeing in art, or is that something that's just kind of been created because maybe it was part of your programming or what have you? Well. I'm a traditional artist, so texture is a part of what I do, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's um, uh, pencils or uh, paint. Mm-hmm. Uh, even markers have their own texture. So it's something I add con- consciously, but it it really depends on the medium. I mean, obviously, pencils will uh, will have that grainy take texture and uh, and markers are a lot smoother which is why i i tend to prefer markers but uh each medium has it, its own texture and when i'm drawing i'm trying to decide uh, which one i would like on that specific drawing but uh, I think, well, markers, I've been using alcohol markers. I've been using them for a while now. And uh, I think I prefer the, the, the way they uh, they get on the paper and the texture when it's finished. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, that's what I prefer looking at and creating. But I really like color pencils, too. So you can do so much with color pencils. So you, do you do digital art or is it all um, manual art? Mainly manual, mainly traditional. So why drawing by hand and not like digitally? Well, I I tried years ago to start drawing digitally, but for one, it's not that easy because I've been drawing by hand for so long. Mm-hmm. And I haven't re- really been lucky with drawing tablets. They stopped working a lot. I mean, well, things get broken, but my digital tablets are really weird. They work for a while and then don't. Mm-hmm. So um, at some point, I think I I got not bored, but well, it's never ending. You you have one being repaired, the other doesn't work anyway. So and it it's expensive. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I think I, yeah, I, sometimes I draw things digitally, but I usually don't do it all the way. I mean, sometimes I sketch on paper, uh, scan it, and then try to draw digitally, well, color digitally. And sometimes I sketch digitally and color traditionally. I, I think I, I do prefer traditional art. The only problem with traditional art, right, is that you have to start all over if you make a mistake. Exactly. Yes. But then you're and getting it, a lot of practice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, after after doing that, well, for a few drawings, you, you learn. But I had to do that for the the other drawing I submitted to the, the Big Bang. Well, the, the sketch 
interestingly enough, it was easy. I didn't think it would be, but yeah. And I, I did the line art pretty easily too, but I think I, I wanted to color it, well, maybe too fast. So I didn't choose um, the right colors for, for the atmosphere I wanted to create. And I ended up with weird skin tones that didn't match each other and didn't, didn't match um, anyway. So I had to redraw the line art and start over with the colors. What I do like di uh, with digital art is that you can erase as much as you want. Mm -hmm. you, you usually work with uh, layers, different layers. So if you see one layer that is com completely wrong, either the line art or the sketch or maybe the colors, you can just delete the whole layer. Yeah, I, I think this drawing, it's, it's most recent drawing where I had to re recreate some parts of the drawing along the way because everything would go weird. I mean, first the, the markers, then um, I think it's the background. I chose a color. I thought it was okay. And when I put it next to everything else, it, it just wasn't matching like it should be. So I ended up painting it with uh, acrylics, I think. So this drawing was layers and layers of redoing and trying to make everything work together. But in the end, I think it turned out all right. Um, but yeah, it, it was a, a difficult drawing. And I think if it wasn't for the, the Big Bang, I, I would have quit. I, I don't think I, I would have tried to finish it. But I did learn along the way. So yeah, hopefully I won't do those mistakes again. So you're heavily into collaboration from the looks of it. You participated in the reverse Big Bang this year. What is it about the collaborations that you enjoy most? There are two kinds of collaborations I like to do. Mm -hmm. um, spontaneous ones between two writers or two artists. Mm -hmm. um, and um, with artists, uh, it's about trying to mix my style with someone else's style. So what I've done so far is either I would draw uh, a picture and the other person would color it, mm -hmm. or I, they would draw and I would color it. And it's interesting to, to see how you, you adapt to someone else's style. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it, well, it's fun to discuss working on something with uh, someone who likes to create art, not in the same way, but because I have worked with people who had a very different style and we made it work. So it's always interesting. It's a challenge for sure. Mm -hmm. But when you, when you're done, it's very rewarding. You, I, I mean, I don't know with other people, but when I do collaborations, I learn something along the way every time. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so that's really what I like. And with events, uh, like, uh, the reverse Big Bang, 
it's also that I mean the the fact that I got to talk with um, authors who were inspired by my art uh, it, it was really interesting to to see how they would translate the um, their inspiration into writing mm-hmm. from something from yeah from something I had drawn and um, it's um, it's different because we're not doing the same thing it's not drawing together mm-hmm. but it was um, yeah it, it, it was so interesting to to work on that uh, I'd never done that before um, that kind of collaboration and I'm glad I did because um, it, it was so fun to see I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't read, um, all the fan fictions, uh, I, well, all the fan fictions I was, uh, collaborating with, <clears throat> sort of, uh, but, uh, the one I read, I enjoyed the process of, uh, of collaborating with that person. Do you ever draw for your own stories? Like, I think you wrote the story, The Gift, or Gifts from Mm -hmm. lena's perspective about it was such a simple story it was about how Kara gave her all these gifts and it became something that was very important to lena it made lena Mm -hmm. feel more important even though the gifts weren't amazing like watches they were kind of stationary or they were just like cute things you could make that you you you're like i made this i thought maybe you would like it what inspired that and do you sometimes draw pictures from your own fan fiction? Um, I do. Uh, I, I do draw pictures from my fan fictions. Uh, from now, I have sketches, uh, not for the gift. I mean, I want to draw that uh, at least one scene, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I haven't decided what the scene will be, or mm-hmm. if. I mean, it's my story, so I can draw what I haven't written, but I know is there. If that makes sense. So like a companion piece uh, to it, something that people could yes. read the story and then go, oh, this is a scene you might not, you won't have read it, but I think you'll like it. Yeah, exactly. But for other stories, I have sketches. I mean, uh, I, I do sketch, but then it's uh, difficult sometimes to go through. And maybe some ideas need to stay at the sketch Stage. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't need to be polished or uh, with colors. So I don't know. I have a lot of ideas, but I mean, I, I could easily, if I had time, well, illustrate my own fanfics and make another book, but uh, an illustration for each chapter mm-hmm. of my fanfics. If I, ha- I don't know if I would have the skills for that, but well, you you never know until you try, right? Yeah, true. The first attempt might always be bad. I mean, there's, I mean, as a writer, I have a shitty first draft that's just terrible, for real. I'm like, oh my god, who wrote this? And how old were they? It's so sad. <laughs> it's like, eh, yeah, but you know, eventually it becomes better. <laughs> I get that sometimes. Sometimes I sit down, I haven't warmed up, mm-hmm. and I just draw something, and it's great. And sometimes I warm up, I do whatever I need to get inspired, mm-hmm. and then I draw something, and it's like I, I'm six years old again, mm-hmm. and I can't draw anything. 
Uh-huh. So I think, yeah, so, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And what doesn't, maybe, uh, I mean, for drawings, but sometimes when it doesn't work, starting over is the solution. So, uh, yeah, I hate when I have to do that with chapters, but sometimes you just got to do it and you're like, oh, this is just so much better than the other one. And then I just have like a scrap file for whatever story I'm doing. So like I might have an entire <laughs> chapter that's scrap. I'm like, oh, this made me so sad. <laughs> but you got to do know, it, right? <laughs> yes, but sometimes, yes, it's for the better. I mean, um, one of the drawings for the reverse Big Bang, huh? uh, my first draft was horrible. Like, really, I, I was looking at it and <laughs> telling myself, okay, you, you've never drawn before. You've never done that. It's horrible. So I, I got up, had some water, um, and maybe got some perspective, I think. Uh-huh. And when I came back to it, well, one thing, I had warmed up, so that was good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, yeah, the, the, um, the drawing just came on its own. I mean, I, I, I felt like I was not even on... You know, I I was not even uh, holding the pen. It was holding itself Mm -hmm. and doing doing the work for me. Mm -hmm. And after that, I I had, I mean, the draft I submitted to the Superport Reverse Big Bang was that thing that worked by it by itself. Mm -hmm. And after that, I I didn't change it very much. Mm -hmm. It it was almost. Uh, ready for line art when I submit it. So, uh, yeah, sometimes you really have to start over to make it work a lot mm-hmm. better. So do you feel like, because when we spoke, you talked about how you've kind of gone reverse in the whole fear of rejection thing, like prior to, before mm-hmm. the feeling started to manifest in you. You didn't have much fear when it came to posting, but you've kind of gained that fear the more you've posted and the more art you've shared. As someone Mm -hmm. who collaborates, is it easier sometimes to overcome that new fear when it's something that's collaborative or do you feel it's actually augmented because maybe you feel like you, you did your best, but maybe the person you're doing it for won't appreciate it? but you still do it. How do you kind of get over that? Um, I, I think uh, for collaborations, it, you can add some pressure on yourself because of the, the work the other person is doing. And maybe you don't feel like you're on the same level. And um, it could be easier, but I don't know if it is. To be honest, it's a challenge. I think even from that perspective, from thinking, okay, I'm, I collaborated with that person, and now I have to share it with the world. You kind of think maybe people will like what the other person did more than what I did. Well, on on that, it's not helping. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think from my work, what happened is that when I started writing. I I was not posting online. Uh, mm-hmm. I I 
posted maybe one for sure, maybe two mm-hmm. uh, things on fanfiction.net mm-hmm. uh, uh, way back in the way back in the day, and um, I would share um, my fanfictions with my friends, and they were my only well readers. So mm-hmm. uh, I mean, they wanted to read those. I, I asked them at some point. I mm-hmm. wrote that. Do you want to read it? And they said yes. And they did so for years. So for me, it was easy. I was writing something. I would give them, and it was written, you know, with pen and uh, pen on paper. Mm-hmm. So um, no, really, not really edited, or uh, I don't know if we could call them typos, but yeah, um, sure we could. So, <laughs> so uh, at the beginning, it was easier because. The people I was sharing my stories with were uh, people I knew. And if even if they did judge, I knew they wouldn't be too harsh. So with art, when I started posting, it, it was kind of the same. The mm-hmm. first uh, things I, I loaded to were blogs. So people who, who found the blogs were my friends. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, so I, I started posting with without the fear of people judging uh, and and then when i continued uh, with art sites uh, i didn't really have yeah the that kind of fear it was not stopping me the only thing stopping me was myself because i, I thought okay from the standards of the the art site this is not something that would be okay mm-hmm. so i uh yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't post some pieces, but now, um, writing and posting on AO3, um, I mean, the fanfics are now in English, which I, I wrote, uh, in English a long time ago, but never, never something I was comfortable with sharing. Now the fear comes also from, not writing in my own in my native language so yeah i i think that's the main thing and and also uh well now i'm older so i i see the fear before i post like Mm -hmm. i i think about what people would think um when they read it if they're going to like it and Mm -hmm. i know people can get really mean Mm -hmm. i i I was lucky enough that i i never had that so far but i know people can really get mean in comments so i think that's what i fear now i, I fear the bad um the, the not bad but uh, the comments who are mean mm-hmm. or who highlight something you would like to keep hidden yeah so the more you posted the more uh, it was mainly because you were posting it to people you didn't know that the fear kind of manifested. Yeah, I see the the fear happening differently as I post more, but um, it doesn't stop me. I, I still post what I need to, what I want mm-hmm. to share. So uh, that's good because it's it's horrible. I I had not fan fiction but uh, art that I was not comfortable sharing because I thought it was not good enough because of my skills, because of my colors, whatever. But that's really 
a horrible fear when you have it to think it's not good. People are not going to like it and maybe they're going to be horrible about what I post. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it, it really can stop you from posting things that, and it's, I mean, in fandom, we share things for free and we Mm -hmm. should all enjoy it. But knowing that people could be very mean about what you share, Mm-hmm. And how personal what you share could be to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think it, it, it's one of the bad aspects of fandoms that you have that fear and it, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be there, but well, I think we all have it at some point. I think fear is healthy. I mean, fear lets you know that something's important enough to you that you're going to try it. And, you know, you either, work with the fear and keep moving forward or you don't and you let fear win. So it's kind of like a, it's either the hurdle you're going to jump over or it's going to be the hurdle that stops you kind of thing. Yeah, 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 that's true. But uh, it could be difficult to, to overcome the fear. Sometimes you're able to, sometimes you're not. And yeah, I mean, of course, if you are, if you are able to overcome it, it makes you stronger. But sometimes you don't, you cannot see yourself succeeding. That makes sense. Yes. And I'm not trying to say people who stop are like in the wrong or that, that it's not okay because it is. Maybe at the time when you didn't jump the hurdle, it was a good idea. You know, you weren't there yet. You needed a little bit more something to be able to get you over it. But now you know. Mm-hmm. This is where your your baseline is, but it gives you the opportunity to slowly overcome it, get the experience that way as well. So I'm not saying it's yeah. a bad thing. I'm just saying it's fear at in any um, iteration of what it is. It's always going to be informative in some way, oh, good or bad. Of course, yeah. Uh, there's a, a comic book artist who said specifically about that that when you you're trying new things in Mm -hmm. in art you're scared to to have to learn that many things Mm -hmm. so he says okay what if you're doing anatomy for instance maybe don't jump straight up into that maybe start with a hand a leg Mm -hmm. an arm and when you get used to drawing small pieces you can then go and what try the full body or a a position or and it doesn't feel so scary because your comfort zone has expanded but slowly and uh, and I think he was very right and that's what you said too yeah no and I mean fan fiction fan art is a great sandbox to try new things in you know it's not life or death you can you can maybe dip your toe into a BDSM fic or you can dip your toe into a just plain old fluffy fic. You know, you're able to run the gambit between extremes if you really wanted to and push yourself in other ways. Yeah, that's true. Also, so, sometimes it is easier. Sometimes you find either fanfics or fan art uh, that are too extreme for you mm-hmm. right away. Mm-hmm. But you can still go back and find steps to guide you towards mm-hmm. the understanding of that kind of fan fiction or mm-hmm. that kind of art. 
that's why it's good. And that's, it's good that people create that much. You have choice. You can either go all the way right away or mm-hmm. take small steps and ease into whatever you would like to see or read. So you kind of touched on the fact that you speak French first and that you mm-hmm. posted your first story. I believe that was Gifts in English. Yes. What was that like, mm-hmm. kind of getting out of your comfort zone of what you knew to post into something that you didn't quite know or that you felt you might not have been strong in? I hesitated a lot before I posted it. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I think once it was written, writing it was the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, once it was written, there was only one one step, mm-hmm. sharing it. It, it. it was kind of scary. And on some level, sharing something in English is always a little bit scary. But I think yeah, writing is the hardest in the process. Sometimes... Mm-hmm. I um I'm in between languages. It depends if I'm really tired or if I wrote a lot and then my brain just doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I I write a sentence, I read it, and I I know I have the meaning I want to have, but when I reread it, I realize it's a mixture of both languages. <laughs> so it's neither French nor English mm-hmm. and it means something for me because I speak both but it, it doesn't make sense and I know that but it's difficult because those sentences are the most difficult to to edit and mm-hmm. to rewrite because I know I I wrote what I wanted to write mm-hmm. but I, I cannot find um, a way to to make it either back to French or and translate it completely mm-hmm. or back to English um, which doesn't mean I, I do I mean I don't translate everything but sometimes mm-hmm. I have to to make it well coherent mm-hmm. I think <laughs> um, so uh, I'm, I mean at, at the beginning when I was learning English there was a phase where I would translate uh, everything uh, and well it's good that I'm way past that uh, but sometimes yeah you, you the, your brain just works with two or more I mean <laughs> I, I speak more than two languages but I don't write in, in the other languages but sometimes your brain just works with many options mm-hmm. and they don't work together so it's funny writing in another language, but sometimes it's also very confusing. And you have to find someone to tell you, okay, this is not the right language, mm-hmm. uh, which which cannot be any of my friends because they speak both French and English, so they understand what I mean. And it doesn't feel wrong mm-hmm. uh, in terms of grammar or uh, structure. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah it's but sometimes it, when you reread it afterwards mm-hmm. you realize that that uh, you you cannot make any sense of a, a sentence a paragraph 
and and that's a surprise because you you don't realize when you write it but then it's uh, it's weird when you find out you're like okay that that was a moment where uh, my brain stopped working and i have to work around that now it's challenging but i i like writing in in english so much so so that i think when i'm i'll go back to writing in french uh i won't be able to like i used to it won't be as easy mm-hmm. but we'll see but why is it so hard if you speak it uh th- i mean the thing is when you change uh languages and you have to adapt the structures and grammar and mm-hmm. whatever comes with another language at some point it becomes easier to think that way so when mm-hmm. you go back to another structure another grammar and everything else you forget how the the other language works oh so I there see. could be a there could be a moment where you have to readapt uh to to the language you were writing uh into so you wrote in english as a challenge to yourself or because you wanted to try to reach more of an audience a little bit of both but mm-hmm. also because it it was supergirl fan fiction and i watch supergirl in in english mm-hmm. um i mean it, it was more natural to write mm-hmm. in english because what i hear from the show and what i read from other fan fictions or maybe fan art description it's all in english king something in french out of that was more difficult i mean i i tried my um first two Mm-hmm. fan fictions uh supercorp fan fictions are in french uh and they are unfinished by the way <laughs> but sometimes when i wrote it felt like i wasn't like i i wasn't capturing the real essence uh of the characters of mm-hmm. maybe um their powers or i mean in french the powers the names of supergirl's powers are different and i need to think before i write hit vision because i know it well not specifically it hit vision mm-hmm. so i need to um well make research really to find how they've translated it and and how it makes sense in french because mm-hmm. i know in smallville they said something uh that's different from what they've translated in supergirl Mhm. So uh it doesn't feel natural to to write those things in French. Um even on some aspects it does because uh well it's my mother language so I have more perspective mm-hmm. on what I on yeah on what I write or how I write it. Mhm. But still it feels yeah unnatural to to change the language interesting i i guess because i've always written in english and i don't really know any other language it's something that i never even thought of like what mm-hmm. feels more appropriate for a story but i suppose if i watch something in french and if i could speak it i might want to try to keep that synchronicity going by continuing to write mm-hmm. a fan fiction in french 
but I don't know French very well. I did try to <laughs> learn, but yeah, the best thing I can say is bonjour, but that's about the only thing that sounds like I'm actually French. Well, that's the only important word. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the rest is, is too complicated, too difficult. But I mean, it's a beautiful language and it has such a rich history. I'd love to be able to speak one mm -hmm. other language, maybe Spanish. I don't know. I wouldn't know uh, between French and Spanish which one is the more difficult mm -hmm. to learn. But I know Spanish is difficult too. I mean, it's the same for uh, Italian, mm -hmm. uh, which I, I learned a little bit in school. Mm -hmm. The grammar is just horrible. Oh. Uh, it's really difficult to to remember everything. I mean, if you if you speak the language at some point, it would I think it would click and you would learn, you would remember. When when you write, remembering every specific rule for uh, verbs and uh, and how to use them. Wow, <laughs> I remember that was painful. Really, <laughs> I I love Italian. I love how it sounds, but wow. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, and I know Spanish has that grammar structure, mm -hmm. uh, same, same problem. But then again, French has that too. So yeah, you guys have like the whole genderization I'm... of certain words. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. What? Doesn't make <laughs> sense. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. And it's something when you're, when you speak it, you You don't, you, you don't have to think about it because you mm -hmm. learn it from very, very small. Mm -hmm. But when you have to explain it, well, it doesn't make sense, mm -hmm. uh, specifically to English speakers because Italian, um, Spanish mm -hmm. and uh, other languages have that gender thing too. I'm like, But why? So unfair. Yeah, why? I know. Yeah. And it, It brings other problems too. Mm -hmm. Like, why table would be feminine mm -hmm. when um, when bed is masculine? I mean, every word has a gender. I wonder if it was like you know how it was based off of the what the women did and what the guy did. So then the woman. Of at one point and in charge of the kitchen so a table is in a kitchen maybe and then the bedroom the man is the king of the bedroom oh and it translates yeah. that i'm like oh well okay not in a i don't know sure yeah <laughs> no but it, it's so random because mm -hmm. you will have masculine uh foot but feminine hand hmm So, uh, leg would be feminine too. Mm -hmm. But say, um, breasts are masculine. What? So, like, why? <laughs> That doesn't make a lick of sense. Women's breasts are bigger. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, And they're more important. They actually function for something. <laughs> True. But it, it really doesn't make any sense in any language. Mm -hmm. I mean, either in, in Italian or, uh, or in Greek. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't make sense. And sometimes from one language to the other, 
the gender change changes mm-hmm. i mean i think um in italian the c is masculine but in french it's feminine hmm. interesting so, why again <laughs> i i recently found out like because we speak um english here right in america Mm-hmm. or the United States. And the only reason why we're missing some of the extra well, extra letters, like the color where we took out the U, was because it was too mm-hmm. expensive to have that extra color, extra, like, letter, vowel in there. So we streamlined it to save money on printing. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh. So we could have had color like C-L-O-U, C-L-O-U-R, or... Mm-hmm. I don't know what other English spellings we got rid of, or I didn't mm-hmm. understand the whole um, changing of the Z to the Z, to the S. But I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. maybe we just kept wanting to be different, or maybe Zs were cheaper than Ss. I don't know, because they were just so un. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so, <laughs> but in French, we have the, the reverse phenomenon. We have mm-hmm. uh, double letters um mm-hmm. it, you often often have uh two p two mm-hmm. p's in one word because when uh it, it comes back to the middle ages when the monks were copying they were paid uh by the letter oh so one more letter meant more money so that's why we have so many letters that we don't use in our words but sometimes you have uh end letters well, mm-hmm. the same, which are the same, mm-hmm. and in a different word, they're not pronounced the same way. Mm-hmm. This is confusing, even for me, mm-hmm. now that I, I have to think about it, but I, I don't know what's the point in adding, um, say, uh, a T at the mm-hmm. end of uh, uh, some words, or a D, or um, mm-hmm. whatever. I don't know. But yeah, it, it it must come back to that letter, uh, meaning more money, maybe. Okay. Maybe. Or yeah. m- maybe because of the origins of the word. A lot of words come from Latin, and maybe there was an explanation with uh, the, the original word. Mm-hmm. But in French, the word has transformed, but they kept the um, spelling, but the, the roots. Uh, of the original language, so mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know. I mean, language is just so, it's so important, yet so unimportant rolled into one, right? It's like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. we've just always done this. You're like, but why? It's like, this is how we do it. Stop questioning the way things are done. You know, sometimes people don't want to answer those questions. Although, <laughs> that's why linguists are around, so who knows? I don't know. Wish I did, yeah. but mm-hmm. I had a chance to read Lenara's story, which was really nice, and it was very sweet. And I was just like, "Oh, it, they offer some closure to the Phantom Zone scene, which I didn't actually see." So, what was it like having someone um, be inspired by your work instead of the other way around, like you did with KG fifteen oh seven? It was interesting and. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and new in, in the sense that uh, it's usually the other way around. You see or you read 
uh, a fan fiction and then you draw something mm-hmm. from the inspiration. And here with this uh, specific drawing, the thing is, I, I wasn't sure that the, the feelings we're going to translate into the draft, into what I submitted mm-hmm. uh, earlier on for the, <clears throat> sorry, for the, for the Big Bang. I was kind of expecting that no one would choose that one. Mm-hmm. And when Lenara Lenvers contacted me and said, okay, I, I like your drawing and I'm really inspired by it, I didn't know what exactly she saw in that draft that would um, uh, turn into something she could write. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, it 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 wasn't. Um, I think what she imagined uh, at at um, at the beginning was not what she ended up writing. Mm-hmm. But it it was um, a process, I think, because the more we talked to each other, the more she was inspired to to write things, and um, it. it wasn't supposed to be that long a fanfic. It mm-hmm. was supposed to be two 2K words, but it turned out a lot longer because from the little scene I had in mind that was supposed to be um, Supercorp on another planet. That was what I had imagined. And when we, we talked uh, together, we realized that maybe not on another planet and mm-hmm. it, it could be something else. And since the the show had just started again, we we were inspired by that and mm-hmm. by what we we were discussing. And yeah, it it ended up being a collaboration in the end. Um, not, I mean, I, I drew the my part. I made my drawing on my own, mm-hmm. and I showed her how it would evolve with the line art, with the colors, and then her. Her fanfic turned into into what you've read, and it's so weird that from what I had, what the little idea I had, it became this huge fanfic with, uh, well, we were planning a sequel too, so there's really another um, another universe that was created from my drawing, so it's crazy. Um, I'm going to ask the question that I kind of touched upon before, just to make it a little clearer. You participated in the Supercorp, I'm sorry, you participated in the Supercorp Reverse Big Bang, which is um, where artists draw and then writers are inspired by the art. Was this your first time doing such an event? Uh, yes, yes. I I had uh, participated in Secret Santa's, Mm-hmm. Uh, which is totally different uh, in fanfic or fandom weeks where you have a prompt for each day and maybe you can collaborate or you can do it on your own. But uh, the reverse Big Bang was uh, the first time I was the one to draw first and someone would be inspired by what I did. For the Big Bang... Did you and Lenara work closely or it was kind of just emails here and there and then it's just slowly started to take form? At first, it, it was just emails uh, just to, uh, you know, make sure we were on the same page about what we wanted to do. And um, 
after that, we started talking more regularly. So it, it really evolved into a conversation about the, the work we were doing together. And, uh, and in the end, she, she would ask me, every time she had a new idea for the fanfic, she would ask me if I was okay with it. And most times I was. That, that's how the, the fanfic came to, to what it is now, because it, it was a conversation. It wasn't just, um, just m- her writing, uh, and checking in once in a while. And Lenar's fic is called. It, it's let's let go of our broken hearts because you'll be safe in these arms in these arms of mine. We chose it together um, because the the fanfic is has the same title uh, as the art, but it's a long title. You, you have to remember well all the sen- the whole sentence. Yes, it is long, but it's a good story, and I like how. Yeah. She gives closure to Lena at the end with her whole family, and she learns about, and Kara finds the, uh, I enjoy the story, and I'm not going to give any spoiler. <laughs> so go read it. <laughs> it's a good read. and Yes, it is. It really is. Funny thing is that I, I kind of knew where she was going. As, as I said, it was a conversation, and she would tell me, but it was still a surprise to read it well from start to finish and see what she had added in between what I knew was going to be there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it was a good read and a good surprise too. It sounds like you also kind of made a new friend through the big bang. Yeah, definitely. So what's it like um, making friends through uh, in real life as opposed to like on the internet? I think, Sometimes on the internet it's easier, especially in this fandom sort of context, because you you start talking about something you both care about, um, and you well sometimes you you disagree on stuff, but well with Supercorp because that's the context, you realize that you have ideas in common about the the fandom and then as you start talking about other stuff you realize that maybe you have things in common on different subjects it's easier to to talk to someone like that mm-hmm. um, you know in real life you meet someone and you have to start a conversation you have to find over what you can bond in a, in a fa- when you meet someone who are in the same fandoms, it, it's easier to talk to them because you, you meet halfway. You don't have to, to let them know a lot about you at first, but mm-hmm. you can still talk about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And through that, you discover that you, you can be interested in, in the same things aside from the fandom. Or that you have things in common, which is more difficult in real life, if that made any sense. Yes, makes lots of sense, actually. It's just easier to build on something because you're both basically coming together for one reason, and then you can start to understand each other for others. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the great things about fandom in general, 
especially fandoms that you are able to interact with other creators, um, in my view, which has been nice because I get to talk to so many of them. Or well, once you say yes, obviously. But, yeah, it's it's nice being able to kind of even just touch upon, like, what fuels their inspiration, where their ideas come from. And then you also get to kind of learn from them, too, as far as what all what kind of drives them and why they like fandom or the Supercorp fandom in this case. Yeah. So moving on from the Big Bang, you wrote, mm-hmm. you drew a picture based off of a story or a fic by KG1507. I hope I said yeah. that right. Called uh, the, I think so, yeah. <laughs> uh, called the bus scene. What was it about mm-hmm. that particular fic? And that inspired you to draw that particular scene from it because it is not to give too much away because the title kind of sums it up pretty well is it's that bus, (laughs) that bus scene where they go on the bus together and they're headed towards, I forgot where, and they're not in a good place. And so you kind of get the, from the writer's point of view, what's going on in their head. And it has a lot of really good, uh, a lot of really good introspection from both characters' point of view and kind of get to see where they are in their heads. So why that story? What about it inspired you? I, I think that this scene is something we all wanted to see in the episode, um, in the finale, which we didn't get to see. And so the, the fanfic, as you said, was really in the character's head and described how they felt about each other or um, where, they, where they were at that time for each other. And it was really the kind of fanfic, the, the kind of fix-it fanfic that I, I think I needed. And some, well, someone wrote it, but I think everyone had imagined it. And the way it was written, I, I don't know, it just, I, I think I, it, it really was um, the way I, I imagined that scene, or very close to it. So somehow I think I connected with the fanfic, and that's why I I was inspired to draw something from that scene. Um, Although I did change uh, a few things, because um, in the fanfic, the the bus is crowded, so Lena and Kara are really close to each other. Um, But I I couldn't draw a crowd, so I I decided to draw three other characters, aside from Kara and Lena, and maybe give them a purpose uh, at least one of them has a purpose on the picture. So, yeah, the, that's how I I, uh, I connected to the fanfic and, and had to, to draw something from it. So this is kind uh, of a personal follow-up. What mm-hmm. do you find most inspires you when you draw fan art? Uh, where, where the inspiration comes from? Yeah, like what kind of scenes do you like drawing the most? What's your favorite theme or scene, I guess, theme to draw for fan art? 
or it's just kind of whatever yeah I think it's just kind of whatever I don't think I have something that I like like a theme I come back to I've tried different themes and styles for well each style with each theme but I uh yeah I, I don't think I I have one that I come back to uh I've drawn kissing scenes I I've drawn well <clears throat> uh domestic I think I've drawn fluff maybe n- haven't posted it yet um so it's just whatever I think when I'm I'm inspired to draw something I I just go for it except if I feel that I don't have the skills for that and I need to either look for photo references or make research or maybe uh well um train my hand to draw what I want to draw but I think I I just follow my inspiration nice so since we're talking to kind of about pushing boundaries and everything the pandemic really kind of pushed a lot of people's comfort zone to places that they mm-hmm. didn't think possible how did you do self-care during that time when it was at its worst or did you you're just like no I just can't do anything now because I kind of fluctuated myself I was really good at the beginning and then I kind of tapered off and then I've gotten good again so I've had like these lulls where it's just like holy fuck I can't do shit and then suddenly I can do a lot. It's, it's like, okay, for a while you falter. Did, was it kind of like that for you or was it you were able to find a consistency that allowed you to be um, calm through the pandemic? And if not, what did you try to do to help you? Well, I think I had uh, phases just like you where I was okay. Uh, other moments when I wasn't, mm-hmm. um, I mean, after a year and a half, uh, you realize that you, you need to find long-term uh, feel-good things. So uh, what I tried to do, but I mean, I, I was starting to do that before, but what I really did during the pandemic mm-hmm. was trying to read and uh, read and watch only things that made me feel good. So if that meant going back to old shows or old movies, because I knew there was a good feeling there, um, I would do it. And also trying to create uh, what I want to read or what I want to see, because in some way it makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, that's how I um, I tried to cope with everything around me mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I, I try to in terms of creating I try to not force it when I don't feel it uh, mm-hmm. I had an art blog uh, about two years ago because I had it, it was a burnout I mean I had done too much mm-hmm. the year before and I, it felt like I didn't have anything left uh, two years ago so I I try to not push it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel like it's a good moment to write or to draw and I'll go along. 
Mm-hmm. And if I don't feel it, maybe I, I, I just need to take a moment, do something else, maybe watch or read things uh, mm-hmm. on those moments to either get inspiration back or just feel creative again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think it, it's a good balance now between everything, between all those things. Yeah, it's being able to find a balance during like the good times and especially during the bad times. It's very, it it offers a nice foundation to be able to build stuff onto, you know, like I think for me, the time when the, I was at my, I just couldn't do anything good. Like I could still do the things I had to do, but doing the things I had to do drained the things I wanted to do, you know? And so, mm-hmm. but I felt like my foundation that I was standing on was kind of too shaky. And so when I came back from that crazy time, I tried to start create rituals that allowed me to feel capable, like making my bed, simple things or, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to take care of yourself sometimes when you feel a little lost. It's true. It's true. But I think uh, the rituals are mm-hmm. good because it creates habits mm-hmm. and maybe muscle memories. Sometimes you need that mm-hmm. just to make something else happen. So, uh, yeah, making your bed or, um, uh, I don't know, do the dishes if you mm-hmm. have to. Uh, yeah. Maybe is it's something that you sometimes need to to do repeatedly, and uh, and then you can um, well feel better and feel creative after you've done those things. Um, I think it's a way of telling your brain that you can do those things, and uh, and at some point it becomes um, a good feeling. Yeah, and I think this is a probably a good place to stop. Do you have any last words before we go? Do Do you want to hear about the the character that has a purpose in the illustration of the bus scene? Yes, please. So, um, about the character that has a purpose in the bus scene, I had two guys on one side. Mm-hmm. One is looking outside, and uh, the other is looking I don't know where in the bus. And there's a third character who's facing Lena, and she's um, a teenager, look, well, crawling on her phone, but she's wearing a Supergirl um, T-shirt or a sweater. No, it's a sweater. Um, I, I didn't know while drawing her that she would end up having the logo, well, the emblem of Supergirl, but I thought since she was in not really facing Lena, but somewhere Lena could see her very clearly. It would be interesting to have Lena have Kara in her line of sight and have that girl with the logo on her chest just to remind her that now Kara was Supergirl mm-hmm. and she knew it and they were working together and it just to make her feel more uh, uncomfortable, I think. Oh. And it's uh it's a nod to the fanfic because in the fanfic it's explained why she feels that way. 
but in the drawing, I I tried to show it with Lena, but I added the girl so it would show Kara and Supergirl, and she would be reminded of well their problems and the and the fight. Ah, oh, that's a that's cool. I'm sorry, I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, oh, all right, I I see that, and that's that's, that's freaking awesome. So it's a reminder to Lena that the one person in front of her she thought was two people had lied to her, and now they're at this space where that's awkwardness because yes. there was a lot of awkwardness in that that story, which is understandable, you know, mm-hmm. given the circumstance yes. and the scene. And, oh, I like that. Cool. I, I mean, I do it for my own drawings, but it, it was something I added consciously. Mm-hmm. I I really tried to convey as much emotion as I could. And since we couldn't see Cara, I couldn't have her emotions. So uh, I really tried to accentuate Lena's emotions. Yeah, because Cara's facing away. So why the difference mm-hmm. in the way they're looking? Because I, I think Cara couldn't really look at Lena at that moment. And in the episode, that that's what she does a lot of times. She looks at Lena and then realizes she can't really look at her. So she turns around. And I think that's what I had in mind when I, I drew her. They were face-to-face in the bus and really close, too. And she couldn't bear to be so close to Lena, but still so far apart. Mm-hmm. So I I decided to have her look away and have Lena... She does look away from Kara, but she's facing, well, the the viewers. I, I wanted to show them, well, that not looking at each other and because, because it's too difficult at that moment to, to just stare into the, the other's eye. It is sometimes hard to stare into someone's eye when you know there's tension between you. I mean, mm-hmm. no, no one likes to have to deal with that kind of thing, right? It's... It's uncomfortable, and we tend to not like the uncomfortable. But the uncomfortable is where good things happen sometimes, sadly. Yeah, but, yeah. And with them, at that moment, it's very uncomfortable. Well, yeah. Very, they, very uncomfortable. right? After telling fuck you to neglect, basically, and realizing mm-hmm. that it was this close to fully becoming a villain, and now she has to claw her way back from being there. So, yeah. Yeah. In a sense, <laughs> but no. Thank you so much for sharing that with the, for sharing this with us and or with me mostly right now. But I'll let you get on with the rest of your day, and Thanks. I'll talk to you again. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Bye. Bye. All right, my lovely fan beans. That's today's show. You can follow and connect with Christy Kia on Tumblr and AO3 as Christy Kia and on Tumblr again as the Red Cape of K. After that, come follow me on Tumblr and Twitter at Fandom Is Us and on AO3 as Ayaka Spencer. Don't forget, you can find links and more on the free companion post at patreon.com slash down the fandom hole. While you're there, don't forget to check out what other cool perks and benefits you can enjoy as a subscriber. And finally, a deep heartfelt thank you to those amazing supporters who have already subscribed. Your reason this show is possible. Much love and aloha to everyone. Thank you for listening. <laughs>